for listening. Thank you for listening. To the Outstanding Ohioans. Outstanding Ohioans. To the Outstanding Ohioans. To the Outstanding Ohioans. Podcast. Podcast. Hosted by my daddy. Hosted by my daddy. Hello, thank you for tuning in to the Outstanding Ohioans show. This is episode 20. My name is Ron Silico. Have you ever been driving down the interstate or down some roads in Ohio and you've seen some very good barn art? Well, today we've got the fortune of talking to an individual who does this professionally, Scott Hagen, who's known as the barn artist. You maybe have seen his work driving where he labels it at the bottom, thebarnartist.com. But Scott has been painting barns for a number of years around Ohio and 17 other states and has a professed goal on his website to paint barns or gyms in all 50 states. Scott, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Scott, you've got a very interesting occupation, and I know the audience is really looking forward to hearing it. Can you give a little bit of your background, uh, where you grew up, and... Who were you, who were your role models in life? Uh, sure. Uh, I mean, like like what you said, it, it is a very interesting occupation. Uh, I, I do I really intend to, to make this what I do for a living, but it's become just that. Uh, I get started just by sort of by accident. I was I was young. I was probably nineteen years old, and I wanted to kind of challenge myself on how big I could actually paint. Or, or, or lay out artwork. And, uh, the biggest palette I could find or canvas was my dad's barn. And I had a few other challenges leading up to that, but, but like, I just started to learn, uh, on my own that I liked that large scale type of work. So when my dad let me, it's funny to say that now, but he, he let me paint the barn and it, yeah, it, it turned out pretty nice. I, I did a, a high State Buckeye scene uh, uh, with the Blocko and Brutus, uh, the mascot on the barn. And uh, when I finished that painting, my grandfather took a picture of that barn. And I didn't know, but he took, he took that picture to a local newspaper. And the local newspaper liked it pretty well, and they ended up doing a full front-page story. Uh, on that painting. So when that happened, then someone just happened to be, uh, in the area that, that week that that paper was in circulation and saw that, uh, article. And that's kind of how I got really started was when, when this person from Columbus saw the article, uh, they thought that'd be great for, for what they're trying to accomplish there. Uh, some people in your audience may, may have heard of it. Um, that was called the, the upcoming event was called the Ohio, the Ohio Bicentennial. And of course, that was the, uh, uh, in 2002, our state was about 200 years old. At the time, their plan was to, to put up billboards around the state. And once they saw that article, they spun the idea to themselves about, hey, what if we do some barns? Um, so I got the call. Uh, we had talked back and forth. Again, again, I'm 19 years old when I get this call, so I don't know how to handle it. <laughs> um, but we ended up uh, coming together there and doing a project of 
one barn and uh and each will have eighty eight counties. Okay. And and well, where was the barn located that you did for the bicentennial? Uh well it there the first barn. Um you grow up, Scott, for the audience? Uh, Jerusalem, Ohio is my address, and, and Jerusalem is considered south, south uh, eastern Ohio. Um, we're close to the river, I, I guess. We're about 40 miles from the Ohio River here. So it's, it's out in the sticks, as they say. <laughs> now, and I think you shared this with me when I called you the other day. Did you not have a local connection who was very well known for painting barns throughout the t- mid to late twentieth century? Yeah, I did exactly. I, when, when I was asked to uh, to do this big project, you know, at the time I was just simply climbing up a ladder and reaching out and doing it that way. And, uh, my dad and I knew there had to be a better way of doing this thing, and I totally agreed at the time. So. Uh, a neighbor of mine, uh, about 20 minutes from here, that I didn't even really know about much at the time, was uh, Harley Warwick. And my dad mentioned him because Harley Warwick was, he is a barn painter. He is known as a barn painter. He's, he's sort of a legend at that. His, mm-hmm. his whole career was painting a nail pouch, uh, you know, two nail pouch tobacco, and everyone probably knows or has seen at least one of the barns. And so when I got hired to do the project, they called Mr. Work, and he asked me to come over, and he was kind enough to show me some scaffolding that, that he had used. Uh, Harley was probably 72 or 3 at the time when, when I first met him, and uh, he was very, very gracious and, and wanted to help me in any way that he could. That's neat. And, and I don't know, I can't recall the numbers I've I've read about, but he he painted hundreds and hundreds of those barns throughout the Midwest, correct? Actually, it was estimated, and Harley didn't keep track himself, but the people put some numbers together, and it was estimated in a 20,000 barns and repaints range. Wow. So, you know, Harley sort of started out young like I did. He, he just started by, he didn't want to milk cows anymore. And when the, the nail pouch crew, uh, when he was young, came through to, to paint their family barn, he asked for a job. And that's how he got started with it. And here's a guy that was young and started doing that, and he ended up being... The only one to do it after some downsizing, and there were four or five crews that would go around and do the bars, and there was two or three, and there were just Harley. And Harley did most of the paintings himself for 
20 to 30 years on his own uh, kind of to finish up that uh, campaign. Mm-hmm. Okay. Scott, what what sparked your interest in art and painting as you, when you were growing up? Uh, I would say uh, my, my mother and my family probably probably had me interested in artwork. Uh, my mom was a pretty good cartoonist in her own right. She doesn't do it professionally, but she, she probably had a, a big hand in, in sitting me down and, you know, showing me a few things, and that was probably where the interest started. Her mother is also a very good quilter and a very good artist, too. And so that's probably how it really started. But my, my love, I didn't really find a love in it until I started doing the, the larger projects. And that's really where I felt comfortable and, and really excelled at, at it, you know, doing those things. Okay. So you, so you get your start by painting your your family barn, and and then you your work catches the eye of, of the Bicentennial Group, and, and you do that. How did your career progress after you do the Bicentennial Barns? That's a good question. I remember uh, when I was doing that project that, you know, you kind of feel the end coming at some point. Um, I just went, what am I going to do after that? And people would ask me that very thing. What are you going to do then? I didn't know it. I'd hope that would be able to find another project or, or something. Um, but, you know, when that one ended, I was able to get a few other private jobs together. And a few years later, when I was able to build my own web page and the internet was bigger, that was really what helped solidify what I do as, as a career. Uh, you know, because of the internet, now I'm able to, people are able to find me in any part of the country. And so now I go everywhere. Mm-hmm. I go to all corners of, of the country. I've been to California, North Dakota, Florida, you know, uh, urban or northeast. I've, I've been a lot of places and, and that's some of the perks of, uh, of the job. It's, it's really a lot of fun. Something that I love on your website, you've got the title, The Barn Artist, and then it says, yes, there is still a guy that paints stuff on barns. But if you could share for the audience, you're not solely limited to barns. You've done a wide variety of projects on a large scale. Exactly. I mean, like you said, that's really why I'm known as the barn artist, probably because of the, the Bicentennial Project. And, and yeah, I, I'm actually living proof that you can find anything on the internet. So right there it is. But yeah, the, what I really like to do a lot of when I can is, is going to gym murals and gym projects where I, I kind of come into maybe a high school or, or a middle school or a grade school gym that has plain walls or, or maybe some, some not so good artwork on the walls from before and, and just Really redo it and make it look fresh and new and hip and uh, you know a controlled environment inside there really it is really nice too rather than being out in some of these barns so uh, I really enjoy it. In fact, I'm about to start another big project here locally hmm. and uh, really looking forward to it. Okay, so. Uh- 
on your website it says you've painted in 18 states so far. Is that is that the most up to date number? Uh, I believe it's up to 18 states. I think the last count was 18. Okay. So that, that should be pretty accurate. You know, I, I hope it's just a fun goal that, that I have with myself. It, it would be fun to one day say that I painted something in, in each, each state. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping that can happen. Mm-hmm. And are, are your kids of the age that you can take them with you on some of these trips when they're not in school and... And they can watch you put these artworks pieces together. They, they are. They're, they're really getting to the time age four for that. They they want to get a lot of time. And you know, what was hard before was my wife had a real job. You know, not like me. So <laughs> it, it, it made it kind of hard for the whole family to go on some of these trips. That can be you know from from two to three days up to a few weeks on a trip. Um, but it's kind of fun to, to watch the develop of my oldest daughter is 10 years old. She's probably at a much better artwork level at her age than I was. So it's, it looks like it's going to continue maybe, I hope it does, maybe another generation if it's, it's possible. Yeah. I bet that's great for you to, to see your children get involved with that and, and, and get to spend the time with you on that. So for the audience, process is so important with whatever you're doing. Can you take the audience through your process to where, from the beginning, where a customer calls you, you go you go visit the site, talk talk through options, and then going right into the to the setup of of the supplies you take and, and the process of of creating the artwork. Sure. Usually what happens is I'll get a phone call or an email, and the first thing I ask for is, can I please have some quality pictures of your barn, building, gym, whatever? That's how it starts. And once I get those pictures, what I do here at the office is I'll take whatever idea they have, maybe they have some wants or needs, Sometimes people call and they just want something. They say, I just want something on, on my barn, it's plain. And those are some, sometimes the hardest ones to work with. Mm-hmm. But I'll take these pictures and I will basically Photoshop and or lay out and what their barn could look like with their ideas. And I start that way. And sometimes I'll start with, you know, a couple of files with different artwork and people love it and they're ready. And sometimes I have a dozen to maybe 20 files with different things on it. But sometimes it's harder to find you know, something that's just perfect for that person. But once we once we get to that point, then I know what I have to do. And then I, I, I give them a quote. And then once the, the go-ahead is given there, then sort of a schedule. 
and then going out to the barn or, or building or silo or, or gym, uh, you know, out on the barn, you know, I take my equipment with me, the scaffolding that I need. I travel with a travel trailer, so I stay right on site until the, the job is done. And by the way, I wish I would have had that big thing when I did the Bicentennial Project. <laughs> it would have made things a lot easier. Um, but, uh, you know, sometimes a barn might be prepped and painted first. We, we can sort of negotiate those things ahead of time, and that can be part of the package. Or I really like it when I can just pour in there and just start on the artwork. So it, it's really, it's, it's a fun process to, to watch unfold, and then when everything's done, kind of step back and look at it and just say, you know, look, look what I did. And, uh, you know, many times what, what's kind of sad is you feel like you're a part of a building and the sun goes down because you're trying to finish before maybe the end of the day and then maybe you can't really get the best picture of it and it's time to leave. So you kind of sometimes feel like, uh, or I kind of feel like it's, it's tough to leave sometimes because you want to look at the results a lot more. Do you ever have situations, Scott, where, of course, when you're working outdoors, that there's a pop-up storm of some sort that interrupts the work and you have to start over? Absolutely. Uh, especially early on, you know, I, I started to learn, you know, the sky and what to look for sometimes, but at the same time, you can't only really see behind the barn, so yeah, there were several times that the storm would pop up, and I had a few occasions where it really messed up my work. And what's nice about today's age is I have, you know, a weather app right on my phone. Mm-hmm. And on, on iffy days, I'm, I'm looking at that weather app and the radar all the time. That really was a, a big bonus to, to what I do. That, that helps tremendously. And, and, you know, then there's times when I'll schedule a job and, like last summer I was in Syracuse, uh, painting a building and it rained for two and a half days straight. Um, that's when it's really nice to have the, the camp or the trailer on site, but what the perk of some of those things are is while I was in that area, since it was, ra- it was too rainy to paint, but not so rainy I couldn't go maybe enjoy some landscape. So I went down to a couple of the national parks and looked around, and I really had a good time there. And I think that's what's fun about my job is getting to see the different parts of the country. To that point, Scott, how much time do you buffer in between projects in case weather situations like that pop up? Well, usually in the summer, it's you don't usually have you know full day rains that just take up two or three days like that. Usually, maybe you'll have a passing storm or whatever, mm-hmm. and uh, I just figure on one to three days for average jobs. Some jobs can take up to a week. Uh, the gymnasium jobs can take six to eight weeks sometimes, depending on how intricate the details are there. But but the outdoors, yeah, it's, when it's not in your control, the environment, and sometimes it's cold, it's or, or you have to quit early, early in the day because it's going to be dewy that night and the, the paint has to have time to dry. There's definitely some challenges out there. Mm-hmm. What is your weather environment to that point about 
you you get the stuff painted what what kind of weather do you need for for the paint to dry properly well i mean the, you can paint down to like 35 degrees with some of these paints but but i don't do it i i like 55 to 60 degrees or, or warmer um you know in the shoulder season you love to see the sun and in the, the middle of the summer you love to see the shade uh, because the sun can really wreak havoc on the uh, on the paintbrush if you're in direct sunlight. Mm. So I try to work with the shade in the summer, and then you know you have those days in May that's cold, and, and you're just hoping the sun will come out and, and help you out, help, help warm the paint up enough to dry. So again, there's there's challenges with, with painting outdoors, and it doesn't end with just uh, just the layout of the artwork. Mm-hmm. When when you're going through your painting process, do you do you sketch out a drawing first and then paint within that, or do you just fr- freehand all of it? One thing I'm, I'm most proud of is, especially with the Ohio Bicentennial Barns, each one of those barns were painted totally freehand. Hmm. Uh, outside of a straight edge. Um, a straight edge with, with some measurements on, on the straight edge. You know, my process is I would start in the middle and work my way out. Mm. And the center of that logo was the E in Bicentennial. So I knew that would be the center. If the bar was bigger, the E would just start out bigger. Or if the bar was smaller, the E would be smaller. And I would just work off of that, that E. And that's how the process was done with all the Bicentennial bars. Today, I do things a little bit differently with maybe, maybe I'll lay out a grid or when I can, I'll use a projection, um, which can also have its own challenges. Sometimes there's obstructions or a highway right in front or, or the weather. So I hope that's, that kind of tells you how, how the process starts. It's, it's really kind of slow when it starts, but once the paint I know that when I've talked to people that are authors, uh, it's an issue sometimes. I didn't know in your line of work, do you have to deal with logo, trademarking, licensing issues at all? Uh, really, I, I don't deal with that very much at all because um, say if a business calls me, they already have a logo in place. I just simply use that logo and it's, it's not a problem. Um, you know, a lot of my work, not a lot, maybe half my work, this commercial, uh, and then the other parts might be, you know, um, you know, John Doe calls me and he wants his family farm name put, put on the bar. Mm-hmm. So there's no logo issue there. Mm-hmm. I, I really don't have much of a problem there at all. Okay. Okay. So right now, it sounds like you've got a, a very full schedule. How many projects do you have you done on average the last three to five years? Oh, gosh. Uh, I don't know. Probably you're looking at between 
between 20 and 25 a year, um, something like that. And, you know, may, maybe 15 of those is, is the average version. And maybe two or three, like last, last year I had two or three really big projects. Mm-hmm. One of those was, was painting a gym in Meadowbrook, uh, at Meadowbrook High School. And it, I think I was in there for about four to, four to six weeks doing mere work on, on each of the walls in there. And then the job I was telling you about earlier in Syracuse was, uh, a hundred foot long painting on a, a hundred foot Quonset building. And this Quonset building, if you're not familiar, is like a, a, a dome shape or a rounded shape metal, uh, corrugated metal surface. So you can imagine the challenges of something like that. Wow. Yeah. We ended up painting the whole building end to end, and it was for an organic company. Um, and, you know, people travel this highway and get to see this logo and a cow out in a field. And it's really, it's really pretty sharp. It turned out really nice. Okay. And for, for these projects, do you, do you do them independently, or do you sometimes hire crews to help you? It's, it's pretty much strictly independent. Uh-huh. Um, you know, if, if, if the job's a little further away from, you know, from me, then uh, if the building needs prep and painted, I like it when, when, that, when that part can be done. Um, but there's times when I need to do all the work, and I... And I do all that work myself. Setting up the scaffolding, sometimes pressure washing the building to, uh, to get rid of the, you know, the dried paint. And you still need to hand scrape. And you gotta cry and then you gotta paint. And, and then I finally get to do what I really love to do, the artwork. Um, I get calls from people that they just want their barn painted. And, you know, I really don't have a big interest in that if I'm busy doing other things because I like to do the artwork. Mm-hmm. So the last three years, it looks like this next year, I've been I've been very busy with projects, and I hope it keeps up. I really enjoy doing the work. Now, are are you positioned in a way that you're you're just receiving calls and requests, or do you do any direct calling of your own uh, to drum up business? That's what's what's pretty fun is. I really don't advertise. I, I, I tried a few avenues, but it's a magazine and so forth that really didn't yield uh, what I wanted out of it. Pretty much all of my work is people will find my, my website because they're searching and, and they call me or they've heard about what I do in other places. So there's a lot of the word of mouth. And so it's mostly from that. Um, I do have a uh, a barn that I think you mentioned earlier on on 71 and on I 70 in Ohio that, that has my website on there. Um, it, it's just my website. There's nothing else on it, and I do get a few calls from that. So take everything together and makes it makes the season fill out every year. What, what's what's hard about what I do, Ron? Is uh, I really don't know what I have for the next year most of the time, unless it's a big project. Mm-hmm. You know, 
it, but every every spring I start getting emails and calls like I'm getting now. Like right now, I'm pretty busy till June. And by the time June gets here, I'll probably be busy through August. And then by the time August comes, I probably won't have enough time to get it in before the, the weather hits in November. So I, I just come to that point in my career where I, I don't worry about it as much. And things seem to happen, and I think that's, that's God's plan. Mm-hmm. Are there are there particular challenges and differences working with families or or private businesses versus government entities such as schools? Absolutely, yes, yes, there's absolutely a huge difference. When I really like it when when a private person calls me and they want something because I'm only dealing with them and we make decisions together. Whereas a school or, or maybe a government thing or so forth, there's just a lot of hands on those projects. So you have to get approvals here and there and maybe different opinions and so forth. And and then sometimes, you know, you don't get paid for a while when the job's done with some of these bigger, bigger jobs. Mm-hmm. So I, I really enjoy working with, with the small, the smaller person or the private person on their projects. It's, it can be a lot more fun. Mm-hmm. Something that we always talk about on this show that I ask the guests is, what what do you think are, have been the keys to your success? And in a bigger picture, what do you think are keys to success that you'd like to share with others in general? What what do you, what's your belief on that? Well, I think the key to my success is there are a few things. One, the work ethic that my dad instilled in me at a young age has a lot to do with it. Um, and I think my ability to talk with, with people, I think, at least I hope so, I mean, I think they come off in a, in a good light for people and they, they enjoy, you know, the company and so forth. And I'm able to work with people pretty well. You know, being able to deal with the public and what I do is a huge part of it. Mm-hmm. And... I think those two things are really what uh, has made me successful, and and also my faith. Uh, but my faith is, is probably a, the biggest thing. I know it's the biggest thing. It's because of that that I'm here. I mean, truly. I mean, I'm thankful every day mm-hmm. that, like, in this type of weather we're having now, I'm not painting. I, I don't have to go out and and do things that a lot of people have to do in the cold. Mm-hmm. And so. Trust me when I say I wake up thankful that that I'm in a position I'm Mm-hmm. And you know, so wrapping up the process, you get the you get the artwork done. Uh, you're you're talking with the customer. Do you give tips in terms of preventative maintenance that that the customers can do both for your indoor and your outdoor artwork? Um. Only when they ask because. Beforehand, we talk about, you know, it is an outdoor project, it is outdoor paint. I use the best quality paint available, depending on which way, the if it's on a barn or which way it faces toward the weather is how long it might last. People understand that, you know, in seven to ten years, depending on how it faces, it may need a facelift by then. Um, 
put that chunk shot of gym, it's going to last until they put another coat of paint on it. So it's really all about that. It's it's an understanding beforehand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, to the point you you mentioned, you referenced Harley Warwick early in the interview, and you're really you're leaving a legacy that's very visible for people to see. And I wanted to speak to you about that. What what legacy are you hoping to leave behind with with your artwork and the contributions you're making? Uh, you know, I don't really know that I look at it like leaving a legacy. I mean, maybe when when I'm done, more of that. I mean. I don't really feel like that, but I know that, you know, Harley, Harley passed away in the 2000, mm-hmm. and I, I was really, it was really hard because he was really the only one I could talk to that I knew of, and still to this day, I don't really have someone to confide in or ask questions of because Harley's gone, mm-hmm. and I've had to learn a lot of what I do on my own. I mean... Harley helped me with scaffolding, but I never really went out and saw, got to see him paint. And so, even still, this is, uh, 17 years now I've been doing that, this type of work. I'm still learning. Still learning how to do things faster. But as far as the legacy goes, I mean, I, I don't really, I, I know that my work is there and it's going to be there for a while. And it'll be like maybe some of Harley's work where it's going to fade away and either People will hang over it, they'll keep it up, or they won't. Mm-hmm. And what's kind of fun about maybe the digital age is, you know, these things have been taking pictures of, and it should really be there forever. So I hope that answered your question. Yeah. yeah. And and I like it. It seems like you you really have a connection with the with the values that you talked about from a, that you believe are, are keys to success you really have a nice tie-in for your children by by having these visuals that you can show them. Uh, yeah, I mean, I hope I'm teaching them just as, as well. They're still a little bit young, but same time they're at the age where you know, maybe some of these things will rub off on them. Um, I'm not sure about uh, what, what they'll be doing next, but, but yeah, I mean, Hopefully, showing the type of physical work that people still do physical work. I still use a brush. I don't use a print-off. Um, I think that also that's part of the success of when I get the call. It's not it's not for me to have something printed off and hung up. It's about the physical work, using a brush, seeing the clean, crisp lines, You've done so many projects. Do you have a, a, in your mind, do you have something that you would consider your most unique project, your favorite project that you could share with the audience? I have so many. When I look back at the pictures, and they're really starting to add up, I have no idea at this point how many things I've painted now. It's really a lot. What's what's the most fun, I think, is what Harley did was repeat, repeat, repeat. Where what I get to do and what's fun is I'm doing something different almost each time. You know, outside of some of these projects, what with the bicentennial and some other things, I get to do different things. But 
looking back, I think my favorite project was probably the Madison County Major Work Project, um, where, where we did some, some fun logos there. I think we did 17 bars for a county-wide celebration. I think they had a, some kind of centennial. And that was a fun project because I love that area. Uh, I love being there. I love the trip to get there. That was a lot of fun. Uh, I did a similar project up around Niagara. Um, Niagara needed work and, you know, had a lot of fun there doing that. The gyms were fun because I know when I'm done doing the gyms that people come in to go to ball games and they, they see that work. And I think it, I think it is a big change. It's, you can really make the community feel good about their soul of their, of their high school by, by changing the look of the gym. Going in there to play, you feel good about playing there because you have something really cool on the wall. I mean, it seems like a small thing, but, you know, what's, what's fun about the gyms too is, I start seeing senior pictures and pictures in gyms randomly like on Facebook or social media. And I might recognize just the corner of my picture as that's some artwork that I did. And so it's, that's really gratifying. I, I really liked it. I don't think there's any doubt, Scott, that you're correct, that it, there's a pride factor. People are asking you to do these things because they have pride and they want to they want to share that with others, and I know that I haven't. I've I've traveled a fair amount, and there aren't states that had bicentennial barns like Ohio had. And and, and I'm very, as an Ohio, and I'm very proud of every time I see those. Uh, we have one that is just down the road from us uh, in Oxford. Uh, that when I drive by it, it's it's just a neat thing to see. And and when I when you drive around Ohio and you see family families with their logos of their farm and their, their name and the year that the farm was established. It's just neat to see the, the pride that people have in those and and the fact that you're helping create that and promote that. That's a great thing. Well, like you said, there's times when I travel a lot. There's times every now and then where I'll feel like I've been there before and then, Next thing you know, it'll be a barn or something that I did I forgot about. <laughs> and that's really fun because I'm like, wait a minute, I've been here and I remember that now. And, you know, before the digital age with me, pictures weren't a big part of what I did. And a lot of the early works I forgot about. Hmm. Those are fun. And, and like you said, I mean, you know, Ohio is, is, is why I'm doing what I'm doing. And I will say also that, to give you a hint, there, there's something in the works that's not official yet, but we're hoping that there might be a similar type project coming up beginning of the summer with, with some multiple bars. So that's all I'll say about that, but let's, mm. let's hope it happens and we can beautify some more landscape. And that's in Ohio? That's going to happen? Uh, it's not official yet, okay. but yes, it would be in Ohio. That's great. That's great. Well, Scott, I do want to wrap up the interview and, and thank you for your time. For the audience, if they wanted to know more about the work you do and, and, and perhaps put in a work request, how can they connect with you? The best way to, to request for a project is to go to my 
or just to send me an email. And the email is very easy. It's a Google account. So it's barnartist at gmail.com. Barnartist at gmail.com. And then socially is, is uh, you know, on Facebook. And the Facebook page is really growing and becoming popular. And you can find me, uh, I'm called the Barn Artist. And so those two things are, are, are a big part of, of my success. So I, I appreciate that. Please take the, take the time and a minute just to go to my webpage and, you know, kind of check that out. You, you can find it pretty easy. If you forget the Barn Artist or barnartist.com is my website, just do a Google Barn Art. If you Google Barn Art or Scott Hagen, you're going to find me. Mm-hmm. So let's make it happen. And I would encourage listeners to, to look at your website because you do have portfolio pictures of many of your works, not only on barns, but, but the wide variety. And it, they're, they are very neat to see. The, the page is very visual, and that's probably part of the success of you can go through there and see what, what I've been working on in the past and get an idea of the capability there. Just take a minute and go through the portfolio page. You know, look at the, uh, the page I have specifically for gyms and schools. And, uh, it's, it's, you know, I'm very proud of it. So I appreciate it. Okay. Well, for the audience, we'll of course have all this information in the show notes. Scott, thank you for joining us today. We really appreciate the time. Thank you, Ron. I appreciate it, Matt. Okay. Thank you for tuning in to the Outstanding Ohioan Show, Episode 20, with the barn artist, Scott Hagen from Jerusalem, Ohio. Please take time to go to iTunes or Stitcher and give feedback and rate the show. Thank you for tuning in. Have a great day.